Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This week's episode of Small Doses is all about side effects of knowing We have my homegirl, your homegirl, comedian, Yamanika Saunders. Joining us to talk about side effects, self-worth, and Yamanika's on the show because I feel like Yamanika is somebody who, not just as a comedian, but as a, as just a woman, is just really on some like, man, fuck y'all. And as somebody who's li- like literally my profile has, heading says, I'm not for everyone. Both of us have had to come to a point in our adult lives where we just had to realize like, I know what I'm about. I know how I value myself and I'm not going to let how others misinterpret or or misappropriate that demean the way that I treat myself or what I allow myself to put up with. And it's a very um, it's a journey to get to that point. And it's interesting the things that happen on your journey that push you to that point and the negatives and the positives, et cetera, et cetera, and how you have to learn to to measure how all of these things come into your life in order to help them affect your self-worth. Now, before we get into the interview with Philomenica later, of course, we have a gem droppery. Let's drop it on up. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. Self-worth versus self-absorbed. Some of y'all think that knowing your worth is basically just being all about you. I don't even really mean selfish as much as I mean just thinking that everything revolves around you and the upkeep of your value. And the reality is that is not the case. Sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. You know, like you're in a relationship and you're doing so much to protect your self-worth that you're not even realizing that the way you're moving is demeaning somebody else's worth. But that's self-absorption. That's having the blinders on where you're not just looking at your own self-worth. You're basing everybody else's shit on the value of yours being upkept, not realizing that really it ain't on nobody else to continue to keep the value of your self-worth where it needs to be. It's only on you. And you can determine that by what you're willing to put up with, what you're not. You can determine that by the situations you put yourself in, the situations you avoid, how you manage certain scenarios, you know. And a lot of times we base our worth on how other people respond to us. We base our worth on how other people coddle us or how they, you know, manage us. And it ends up being a very dangerous game because everybody has their own perspectives and their ways of doing things. And so if somebody is basically not on the same value system as you, you can't trust that they are the right person to measure your emotions and your feelings, et cetera, et cetera. And next thing you know, you're feeling down on yourself because of their mismanagement of things when the reality is is that they got to manage their own shit. You have to manage your own worth and you have to be strong enough in your own footing to say like, okay, they may have mismanaged that, but that doesn't devalue what I know of myself. It is incredibly difficult to do this. I'm not saying that it's like some easy shit because so much of this world is about reassurances. I mean, look at how many people are obsessed about getting likes on Instagram and getting follows, et cetera, et cetera, because it makes us feel like, okay, we are liked, we, we, we are valued. We're valued. Self-absorption I feel like is when the value that you're placing on worth is really just about how many people have bought into you, how many people are enamored and catering to you. And that is not how you measure worth of self. It cannot be measured by how other people are valuing you. And I'm not saying that like you shouldn't be a civil person and you shouldn't aspire to be somebody that, you know, can be a, a valued asset to society But what I am saying is that 
your self-worth is determined by the ethics that you uphold, by the character traits that that you deem as as valuable and as as worthy. And it's by how much you uphold that, not by how much other people accept that. Because you could have trash ass values that people are like thumbs upping and trick you into thinking that that's the shit to do. Not even realizing it ain't that those are the best values to have. You just around trash ass people. We see it all the time. We're going to do side effects of the hood, but we see that shit all the time in the hood. We see that shit all the time in Hollywood. We see that shit all the time in politics where the cesspool is so thick that it tricks people into thinking that the way that they are moving is cool and that and and the wrong things are being valued. And so they're basing their self-worth on these uh, cosigns from people who actually have no self-worth, from people who actually have no ethics, who have no character, who have no class. It's a doozy. When you're self-absorbed, it, 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 keeps, it, it thrives in that space. Because all you're really about is people filling you up, whether it's with hot air or substance. And you got you to gotta check that. You got to check that. It can't be about who likes me. It has to be about do, do I, I like, like myself? How does one deal with the anxiety of not being chosen or hired because you're asking for more than is being offered? I may be worth X to me, but Y to someone else. I've talked about this on another episode before. I can't remember. But the reality is, is that there's a difference between your self-worth and your value in the marketplace. You know your worth in terms of your skill set, in terms of your or organization skills in terms of your ability to operate as a team member, etc. You know all of that. You know your talent. You know you know your drive, your motivation, etc. And you can have a resume that enumerates for people like, hey, these are other examples that support all of these things about myself. That's the best you can do. Outside of that, though, you really are relying on someone else's ability to do that math and put it together and line it up with what they're offering. Now, for all intents and purposes, your self-worth may not align with your value in the marketplace. I'll give you an example. October of 2015, I had moved here to Los Angeles from New York. And I was having a conversation with my mom after flying to Dubai and flying back from Dubai. So I had 20 hours on a plane to think. Because you can only watch so many fucking movies. Okay? okay. So, but by the way, on that flight, I saw the movie uh, Far From the Maddening Crowd. And it was delightful. Fucking delightful. You know I love a British period piece. I love it. And it's just really a different kind of British period piece. And it really does a lot to tell you the story of just how women have had to really just knuckle down and go against the grain and really fight through just the level of patriarchy that's really been put in place for quite some time. But I digress. So I'm in my house. It's October. And I'm telling my mom how like on that flight I really started thinking. And it's just like I had come out to L.A., and I'm wanting shit to pop off. I'm like, why aren't, why, like, why isn't things popping? And she's like, well, I mean, you've done so much work, Amanda. You've done so much work. And I'm like, yeah, but I haven't done the right work. I'm still getting auditions for stuff that I shouldn't have to even audition for because I haven't done the right work. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I realized that like my self-worth is that I know my skill set. I know that I can do more than host and I can act and I can write and I can be a comedian. I know that. But I haven't demonstrated that in actual tangible ways at cert- at the level that I want to get to. And I have to figure out how to make a concerted effort to move me in that direction in order for things to change for me. Because if I keep doing the work that I'm doing, the work that I'm doing doesn't mirror my actual self-worth. The work that I'm doing is low-hanging fruit and it's it's easy, 
Um, and it's not that it's low hanging fruit and easy for everybody, but it's that I've been doing the same kind of work for so long that it has not elevated my value. My self-worth is elevated because I'm doing internal work and I'm working on my craft and developing, but I don't have the actual tangible proof of that to show in the marketplace to elevate my value there. And my mom was like, oh, and it's until you get to that mindset that you start to realize why you're being overlooked for things. You start to realize why you're not being considered in a certain peer group. You start to understand why you're beating down doors thinking like, damn, why can't they? Why don't they see what I do? Because you haven't figured out how to demonstrate for them what you do in a way that they can understand. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's based on jobs. It may be recommendations. It may be how you interview. You know, it may be the way your resume is written, et cetera. But your self-worth and your market value are two different things. And a lot of times they will continue to be different. I personally think that your market value will always lag behind your self-worth because you'll always know I can do more. And the market is always going to be delayed because you know you better than anybody else. I just snapped y'all. Next question. Is it possible to guide someone into knowing their worth so they can find their peace? It's not for the weary. It isn't. I think you can only do that if someone has a desire to explore that. Or if someone already knows innately, like, I'm I'm better than what I'm doing. And it seems easier said than done to say that because then they have to fight against the fact that they've been a certain way for so long. How do they transition into this new space without feeling shame for the person they were? And a lot of times what ends up happening is that person regresses. Because they regress because it's easier to just stay the person you were than to feel the shame of the as the person you're becoming. And so sometimes a lot of people like you can try your best to show them their worth. But if they're not ready to see it and like absorb it and hold on to it, it can be fleeting, which can be very tiring and exhausting and disappointing. So it's, it's, it's definitely like, it's God's work and you have to do it in a way that's not disconnected, but that is realistic because it can drive you a little batty. I mean, ask any teacher, you know, I feel like teachers for so for, for what it's worth, they're not just educators. They're literally just uh, the best educators are trying to show these youth what their worth is so that they grow up and go into the world with valued education of outside topics, but also of themselves. And when they see a student who is not like almost even believing that, it's so frustrating because they're like, no, like I see, I'm in here with you every day. I, I know your worth. But they have outside things that they have to contend with. And all of us do. You know, like if you're dating somebody, sometimes you meet people at a place in their lives where like they've already been treated like shit for so long that they, even though they know that they're better than that, it's like, do they believe it? It's like, it's like this weird dynamic between your brain and your heart. Your brain knows what it knows, but your heart is like where the belief comes in. You know, that's because that's like your gut. That's your intuition. That's like where you're grounded. So you can know something on a rational level, like my worth is this. I am a good person. I am, I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of affection. I'm, I'm worthy of this job. You can know all of that, but do you believe it? And what does it take to believe it? You can tell someone all that stuff, but only they, I I feel like only they can be the ones to believe it. You can, you can demonstrate to them through your actions, through your consistency, you know, um, that they have been misled up until this point. But for all intents and purposes, someone has to believe like, nah, I deserve this or I am worthy of this. And I think that that's internal work and there's only so much you can do to influence someone's internal work. 
Rebecca agrees. Next question. Is there a problem with having high standards because you know your worth? On the flip side, if you lower your standards, is that degrading your worth? Hmm, man. It depends on the reason you're lowering the standards. That to me is what the, that's the whole nuance of that conversation. First and foremost, no, there is no problem with having high standards because you know your worth. Fuck that. Anybody who tells you other than that is like, get out of here. They want to get a Maserati for Honda prices. Okay. And I'm not, I'm just like, no, you're not going to buy this Maserati and then park it up in the garage because you can't afford the maintenance. And when I say maintenance, I'm not even talking about like money. I'm talking about like people want somebody who is developed and and focused, and it's like uh, it's like dudes who are like who are like I, I want, want a boss bitch, bitch. I, I want, want a boss, boss bitch. bitch, and then when they get a boss bitch, they're like, ooh, I didn't know you was gonna be this bossy. And what really ends up happening is that you just couldn't understand, you couldn't fathom what a boss bitch would be like because you realize that you ain't a boss. That's what it did to you. It just made you realize you wasn't a boss. And what happens in that moment is that person either decides, well, then I need to boss up or they decide, you know what? Ah, Her standards are too high because mine are so low. I've dealt with that all of my dating life with dudes who are like, you're just too good. You're like an actual good person. And if I'm with you, then that means I got to be a good person. And I'm just not prepared to do that. That's happened several times in my life. Um. You know, then you'll have people who are like, why can't you just dot, dot, dot? Why can't you just be okay with me not responding to your text for 48 hours? I've mentioned this quite a bit because it still pisses me off. Why can't, why, and if you say something about it, it's why, why can't you just be cool? Why can't that just be a thing? Because that's one of my standards. My, one of my standards is that I'm, I'm with somebody or I'm talking to somebody who respects my time and has consideration for my communication. And if you can't meet me there, how can we even start on this road? That's such a basic standard, you know? And I'm not going to say that there aren't situations in a relationship where like something you consider to be a basic standard, the other person is like, I just don't understand that. I've dealt with that. I'm dealing with that. But then on the flip side, they have their shit that's like a basic standard. And you're just like, what? I don't don't understand why this is a problem. So that's just humans. So it depends on what the reason is that you're compromising on that standard. If you're compromising on that standard, because when you look at the sum of the parts, you're getting way more than you're giving up by just moving, shifting on this standard then I don't see that. I don't see there being a problem. But if you have to lower everything that matters to you to make yourself available to someone else, I don't think that's the best situation. Whether it's a job, a friendship, a relationship, if you have to lower things that matter to you, that make you feel safe, that uh, and secure things that enhance and, and empower you, if you have to diminish and dampen those things. you know, in order to be a light for someone else, then basically what that says is that that person can't even handle your light because they're asking you to dim in order for them to manage you. And that's just not conducive to knowing your worth and valuing your worth. What they should be doing is trying their best to... Get used to that light. And sometimes when we come out of the darkness, it takes a bit for our eyes to adjust. So before we go into people I like and talk to Yamanika, I want to pay respects to my own people I like, my boy John Price. So my boy John Price um, was shot and killed uh, recently when he was doing security at a bar in Atlanta now John Price when I talk about self-worth the reason 
I mean, I was always going to talk about John Price in this episode, but it makes even, it just fits even more because John Price was somebody who had to remind me of my self-worth more than once when I was a young, naive woman at SUNY Purchase. When I got to SUNY Purchase in 1999, I was, you know, flat-chested and full of hope. Innocent, Floridian. I'm in New York. I'm surrounded by hip-hop and niggas and Tims and just grown men. Like, it was just a culture shock for me. And John was there, and John was a senior. Oh, no, John was a junior. And John was this person who was just immediately your brother. Immediately he presented himself as this safe haven for you to like trust. And when you're a young woman in that space, it feels like you are like meat that so many young men are trying to, you know, fight over or shit, you know, but John didn't come at you like that. And he was from Queens and you know, so I, I told you I'm from Florida, so I'm learning all about Queens and New York hip hop and and um you know his his dorm room was A11. We used to call it the Church of A11. And we would just go and just hang out in, in John's dorm room and just talk and laugh. And I cannot tell y'all how necessary that was to my sanity. Being in a new state, at a new college, at a new time in my life. And he just provided a safe haven. And he always had a laugh for you. He always had a story for you. He always has something good to say. And even as I'm talking right now, I'm just like, John Price ain't dead. How's that? How could John Price be dead? That don't make no fucking sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, I can't wrap my head around it. And John is not even somebody I talk to on a regular basis, but you just always knew that he was in the mix. And he would hit me ever so often and big me up about something and we would laugh and we would always sing Jigglypuff to each other. Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff. I remember one time this, this bitch ass nigga had me all fucked up because I was just learning how to interact with men and he just like got me off my square. And for three days, I was just moping around, sulking. And finally, John came up to me in the cafeteria and he leaned over the back of the booth that I was just melting in. And he said, don't ever let a nigga take your smile. And he just kept it moving. But that meant so much to me. I mean, I said it on Facebook, I said it on Instagram, and I'm saying it right here to y'all again because that meant so much to me because... There was nobody to give me that kind of just clarity of thought and that kind of like reminder of my worth. Like, don't let none of these motherfuckers take you off your square ever, ever. And I remember just like being so just feeling so lucky that that I met somebody who cared enough about my mental well-being to see what was going on and say something to me about it. Because so many of us always say, like, it's none of our business. Or I don't know her like that or whatever. But you got to take the time out sometimes to, like, just say a word to somebody. I've seen people crying in public and been like, you, you know, whatever you're dealing with, I hope that you find another way out of it and that this too shall pass. They don't know. I don't know what they're going through, but sometimes it's just a word. And John was that dude. John always had a word for whoever, whomever at all times. And, um, you know, there, I mean, I have, I have stories upon stories upon stories, but I just wanted to pay my respects and acknowledgement to somebody who always showed everybody around him that he valued them and that he knew their worth. And it's so unfortunate that he lost his life this way because he was one of the good ones. And it just seemed like they'd be taking the good ones way more than the trash-ass ones. But nonetheless, it is what it is. And we love you, John. We will always uphold you. And we will always cherish your memories and your legacy. People I like.
So, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, she's she's been here with us, and she's here with us now. And, uh, you know, let me... Okay. When I started doing stand-up, um, it was... There, there was like a flurry of black women doing stand-up at that time because that was when uh, SNL had decided that they needed a negress. So, like, folks came out... <laughs> From the woodworks, and that's literally how I ended up starting doing stand-up because someone was doing a showcase, putting together a black woman's comedy showcase, and like thought that I did stand-up because they saw me on Best Week Ever with other comics. And so I ended up coming into the world in that way, and exactly, Brendan just made a face because I know that when I said that, he thought of birth, and you're ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> I know that's what he thought of. I saw his face go, mm, yeah. And so I ended up birthing into comedy uh, that way. And there was a mixed response. Like there were some sisters who were like, oh, another sister doing comedy. Cool. Uh, there were some who were like, she thinks she funny. She thinks she could just come and do this just because she on TV. I'm moving my hand. You know how I'm moving my hand as I say this. I'm grabbing the air and I'm pulling it back. I'm grabbing the air. I'm pulling it back. And, and but then there and you know, and, and that was just like the, the two sides. Like it was either folks that were just like, oh, cool. Or there are folks that were just being haters for no fucking reason. If I come on stage and I'm not funny, you know, and I think that I'm funnier than you or I think that I'm better than you because I come from something else, fine. But, like, that was never the case. So I always felt some type of way about that. But what I always appreciated was that from day one, jump. Yams was very, you were always just like, what's up? (laughs) You know, and you... But I feel like, you know, everyone loves you for that reason, because you're incredibly authentic and incredibly genuine person, aside from being incredibly hilarious. I remember being here in L.A. and we had run into each other at the parlor. They had a night at the parlor that they that uh, was used to be a comedy night at the parlor on Sunset. And I remember you going up and just mashing, mashed on. And, and I remember being like, I got to get... I got to get to where I'm doing that. Like, I got to get to where I'm mashing them like that. And I remember you had, like, a backpack on. You weren't even planning on going up. Like, you had just come in, and they were like, oh, my God, you want to go? You want to go? And that was when you were doing Meredith Vieira. And and we, like, talked after. I remember we stood outside, and we talked. And I don't think we had ever, like, had that real of a conversation just you know sister to sister comic to comic but I never forgot that I've always remembered that and I've always appreciated just that you know you are somebody who is a pillar within this community of just being solid the same nigga every time and I um and and transparent in a way that I feel like a lot of people are really afraid to be and it's not like I'm even shading them but I am I do want to just commend you for your transparency because I think that it's very brave and it gives a lot of people the feeling like, okay, I can be that too. Cause I'm seeing somebody else be this in a, in a specific way. So, you know, I just wanted you to know that yams. You'll never find a love like mine. A love that loves you. I mean, it's Don Cornelius Mike I got. <laughs> and I'm waiting to shuffle the letters around on Soul Train. Let me say this. As I look at the Suge Avery, I wish you guys could be in this room. It's, it's, it's part Negro, the other half uh, missing white kid. Because um, there's like a lot of Starbucks stuff happening, Star Wars. That's how much I don't know Star Wars. I said Starbucks. <laughs> And then it's also like maybe, you know, a, a light, some light pulling of the Cosby show set. What I want to say is. Did you get that from those paintings? Absolutely. Is that from the Cosby show set? It's literally called the Theo series. <laughs> those paintings are literally called the Theo series. Black Jeopardy. I literally <laughs> took a freeze frame of Theo. Stop. And I traced it. And that's what the brother, homeboy, nigga, father. Which one are you? Which one are you? And that's, you know what? I want these as many ones that I can put on my fingers. Like the, uh, what was it? In game when he had the little, the, the stones. Like the, th- the Thanos. Yeah. The the Infinity th- I want to put them in my knuckles. And every time a nigga come up to me and step to me and holler, I'm going to be like, which one are you? Pull the stone. Pull the stone. Yeah. The infinity stone. <laughs> and if you pull the wrong one, we want to start all over 
over again and you get one shot because one in four million chances you will succeed. Um, <laughs> here's the reality. The reality is life is too short, right? It's true. And one of the things I will say about myself is I grew up very isolated and I have little to no social skills. Really? Yes. So I am a thousand percent awkward. A hundred percent um probably will say something that is gonna piss you off, but also a thousand percent will say something that I know you that will give you love. Because I'm about giving love, right? I mm-hmm. understand voids. And for that, I will say I also understand the women that shade. I understand that person as well. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because we've been all of that. Yeah. What I'm trying to do in my life is I'm trying to rectify the real reality of being bitter, angry, jealous, and upset with the reality of who I am as a person with the other side of being a friendly, nice, loving, giving person. You understand? Right. You have to come together with those things and acknowledge it. Reconciling. People don't Mm. want to acknowledge that they have these feelings or these thoughts. So when you ignore it, it festers, it burns up. I'm constantly going to my mother or any friend that's a confidant or God. And I said, listen, I have this. Help me with this. Yeah. And then I'll get a task. Okay. Well, you know what you got to do. I'll be like, oh my God, I don't. Do it. You got to do it. And then I feel so much better when I do it. I'll give you this one quick story. There was a gentleman that was on the rise um, who I couldn't stand. He had done so many egregious errors against me. It was ridiculous. And He was a comedian on the rise? A comedian on the rise. Okay, got you. And I was like, and I'm a Christian. I said, God, why are you constantly blessing this nigga? And he's like, no, for real. I'm like, yes. Why is this nigga better than me? (laughs) Yes. Why is he getting, I mean, and like they be showers. Showers of blessings. I feel like I know who we're talking about. You may. No, no, but you close. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Okay, okay. Child. And I mean, it was buckets of blessings. And I said, but then what I did is I, I called a girlfriend of mine that was a mutual friend of both of ours. And I invited her to dinner. And I sat her down and I said, listen, I don't want to not root for him to win. I, I just want to win, win my, my damn, damn fucking self. self. Right. <laughs> but even more importantly, I want to let whatever is his and whatever he going through have nothing to do with me whatsoever. You understand? Mm-hmm. Up or down, whether I I have to cleanse this. And I said I felt it was hard for me to specifically talk to him because I couldn't stand him. But I got close enough to him to talk to somebody that was like, I, you know what I mean? Where I felt like I was dropping that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Adjacency. Yes. <laughs> and I dropped all that stuff right there on the table. And I'm telling you something. As soon as I dropped it down, not even, I think, a week later, just things started, blessings started happening. Ain't that right? some crazy shit? And you have to do, and I have to constantly, there's times when I'm like, oh, who, this person, how did they fucking get a deal? I literally went through this yesterday. Oh, this Lord. yesterday. And I go, Lord, no, don't, please. I'm you like, gotta, but that's why people don't understand. Like, for me, it's not even like, I'm not even, I'm not some angel, some high horse thing. I'm constantly going, working, checking myself because working. that's the only reason why I can go on stage and do the things that I do because I, I don't go up with any pretense. Do you? Baltimore. Nobody needs to know that I have flaws. I'm flawed. That's all I present is the flaws, right? I present the way I think, the things that come into my head and I cleanse them. So sometimes people do meet me and they're like, oh, this girl, something, she ain't, this can't be her. And I'm like, oh, this is really me, a thousand percent. Because they can't even believe it because they themselves can't even imagine that. Right. But my grandmother who just passed. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. And I bet she up there in heaven just in my business. That's why I didn't <laughs> want her to go so soon. Because I feel like a lot of it has been her asking questions, going back to see my record, seeing what I've been doing and catching up. Because my that's the kind of, my grandmother's like that. She get, <laughs> she get me together. She's probably working as like the administrative assistant to Jesus. This is the type of stuff that she do. She, first she got in I listen, I got I to gotta find what my baby's doing. Because she's been around. I feel her presence. <laughs> Let's just start talking about um, these fuck niggas. Now... This is a well. So- oh, oh, because I'm about to <laughs> let's 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 let that be our segue into <laughs> our next segment. <laughs> 
That one time? <laughs> I'm ready to get the, gre- the grease popping. Prop the grease. I done dealt with two back-to-back fuck white boys. Wow. White fuck boys. Rebecca just leaned in. (laughs) Tell us more. And it's Well, you know what I say on stage. Brad is trash. Brad is trash. It's trash. And so is is Eric, right? Because it was two of them. Brad and Eric. Now, here's what I'll say. It's not that I went in to them thinking that they were better than brothers. That because I feel like sisters move a di- little differently when we step they out. They definitely do. There's no disrespect to the brothers. I most certainly wasn't. I, brothers didn't even come to the conversation of what I was talking about with them. But I was like, maybe it'll be a little bit easier in terms of you and I ain't got this uh, struggle, struggle. We got to constantly like who out struggling the most. Oh my God! Can I just pause you real quick? Yeah. Uh, me and Candace have talked about this before, but I, when I was doing the first iteration of my book and it was going to be essays, I had an essay in there called like, don't believe the great white hype because there's all, there is often a conversation of like, girl, you need to get you a white man. You need to get you a white man. And I think that the the thought process is like, because they're going to be coming from a different place. Like they don't have the same level of oppression or struggle. So like even, even at your most dominant, they know that they actually own shit so right there's always this underlying clarity of like where we at whereas i feel like with black men and black women our relationships always have a certain politicization to them they always feel certain there's a certain politics to our relationships and i hate it It, but the dick is good and let me just tell Honey, you. Let me tell. I mean, listen. let me tell you. And this part of it is like, if if this is where the dick is, then Django Unchained and Roots Reloaded. We just had Levar Burton on the show. Roots Reloaded. He got a big dick. I have no idea, but oh, he has oh, okay. a big library. Uh, is yes. that a euphemism for dick? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because, honey, that reading rainbow, I was trying to figure out where that rainbow was coming from. I <laughs> that rainbow was long, right? Stand I can do anything. I bet you can with a big dick. <laughs> Take a look. Everything he was talking about was sounding like a dick. Take a look. What are we looking at? The dick? It's in the book. Oh, your dick is in the book? Oh, it's the reading rainbow? Is that what you call your dick now? The reading rainbow? Okay. You don't give people ideas. <laughs> there are people who have ideas now. Honey, and then let me tell you something. Then he, Paul Levar, then he was on Star Trek, wasn't he? Star Wars or whatever it was. He was on Star Trek, he's Dre LaForge. Blind, right? Well, he Put was a blind, but he... in space and then he can't see. No, but then he had a visor. Hmm? He had a visor that made it possible for him to see better than, than humans. He had like 20, 30 vision or some shit like that. Oh, was that what it was? I wasn't really into Star Wars. I was... Star know, Trek. I was into other shit. I know. You know, it wasn't no black people in Star Wars, right? Jordy LaForge. Who's that? Lavar. Oh, I didn't know he was. I just you ain't Star Wars or Star Trek? Is it the difference? Yes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Can, Can we, we not get into this? this? Correct. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like, you know, you won. If whatever schooling you try to do, I, I'm sorry. I just apologize for it because I feel I really don't want a history lesson on this shit. You know, I've been avoiding this shit like the plague. And it's everywhere. It's like 16, 17 damn movies, Star Wars, Star, Star Trek. Star Wars, Star Trek. Whoopi there's was game, in it. Now, you know when they got Whoopi in it. Whoopi was in Star Trek Next Generation, the same one with LeBar Burton. I don't know. Why was it another generation? Was she also blind? No, she was. Actually, she was like super duper old. Her name was Guinan. And like her whole entire <laughs> and you don't, and civilization you had been and ruined by the your ass is Your alarm didn't go off on this shit. You got a blind nigga and an old nigga. Everybody got problems when they in space when they niggas. This is the reality of mm. things. That is why my cat's name is Lando Calrissian, named after Lando Calrissian, who's the only black man in space in the Star Wars movies. There's always only one motherfucker, and he was a snitch. I thought you named him Lando after, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Peter Griffin. He played Lando in the damn, what, the 45th episode of American Dad. Uh, I mean, uh, Family Guy. But that was based he on was Lando, Lando from Star Wars, no? Was it? I'm sure. Oh, I thought Lando might have been your uncle. But Well, I'm listen, from Orlando. There's too much things going on. Can we get out of this? <laughs> So, because <laughs> every time I say something, we somehow get back on this trip about the Star Wars and the Star Trek. I don't know, I don't know what's faster, the war or the track, but I want to get both of them off me right now. I want to get off the track and I want to get out of the war. You running my show right now anyway, so keep talking. So I dealt with this fuck nigga, this white fuck nigga. We call Can him, we call we, him a fuck nigga? Can yeah, we're going to call him a fuck nigga. Okay. White nigga, fuck nigga, vanilla nigga. Vanilla, vanilla v- fuck yeah. nigga. For uh, Amaretto, Nella yeah. wafer nigga, yeah, yes, Nella wafer nigga, Nella wafer nigga, Nella wafer, 
And I mean, this nigga, he needed a lot of putting on him. Where did you find him? Let me tell you what kind of trash. See, let me tell you something. White men got the long con. They got the long. That's why they serial killers all the time. They got the long con. No, no offense, baby. I'm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but they got the long con. Do you know this nigga waiting, waited? Both of these niggas waited in the bushes for me for four years. Both of them a piece, a piece, a piece. What? You know the what was the little the Mad Max thing? What was it the Mad uh, cartoons with the little nigga, the white nigga, and the black nigga with the, both of them had the eyeballs and they was in trench coats. That's what they was looking like. Mad Max would have. What was that? You know what I'm talking about? The little, the little ink shit that was in yes, um, yes. Mad whatever TV. In, uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were both of them niggas, hunting and stalking and praying and spying. And then as soon as I, but get, they were they, they were connected to you like as a comedian. Like they had seen no, you. No, one of them, honey, his resume, spectacular. But the reality is, oh, the it, on paper. Oh yeah, the on you paper. You can't shit. trust the on paper. But honey, I this is when I knew it was going downhill. After four years, we had our first time together. He gave me some Hasbro's uh, uh, gummy bears, Haribo's. Haribo's. Why was that a bad thing? Why did you have them in your car? Are you are you a cheap nigga? Nobody just have gummy bears in a in a cup holder in the car. Wait, they weren't in a bag. They were just yeah. They was in a bag in a cup holder in the car. What's wrong with that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I see a lot wrong with that. Why you got gummy bears like that? And why you offering them to me? Give me my own bag. If you're going to give me one, get it in a, get put it in a gift bag. You'll just give somebody a Haribo's. I didn't even know. See, you a gummy bear bitch. That's what it is. Because you knew they were Haribo's. I didn't even know what they were. I am a Haribo's. She said Haribo's. Okay, so I'm... T- see, I'm this a gummy bear bitch. Can, you, can I talk about something that the bitch don't know nothing about? Star Trek, Haribo's. What else is off limits? Tea. I got, I'm drinking throat coat right now. I see I need an extra sip of that. So I do I need to take back why I like you, bitch? <laughs> Goddamn. I know a lot about a lot of things. Why do you love Haribo's like that? Because of the consistency of the gummy bear. Because it's harder. It's tougher. I, see, I can't... see. Am I, I right, Brandon? Listen. It's I, true. I barely got my bachelor's. I can't be in here with a secondary degree, bitch. You know what it is? Because you know about consistencies of jelly, with gummy bears? I just thought it was gummy bears. I didn't know they came in degrees of consistencies. Because the cheaper ones are just more chewier. And the Haribos feel like they put more effort. You know what? That's how I know I ain't got no money. Because I've been chewing on the same gummy bears since I was seven years old. That explains a lot. Well, the Haribos are German, and Germans are really good at design. Now you know the origin. I got to get out of this one, too. But anyway, so... <laughs> me neither. I can't Rebecca's breathe. Rebecca's over here hyperventilating. Brandon is red as shit. <laughs> Hands up. Put the mic down. Now, here's what I'll say. Four years in the trenches. I get with this cat. Wine and, he, he did wine and dine me. He had, okay. I'm trying not to say too much, because he, if he listens to this, he, he don't know who he is. But maybe he need to know who he is. I mean, you know what? Let me just say it. Because I what? call out names on this show. I met this guy at an upfront four years ago. He's a chef. Oh, wine and Dan dined me and all the girls from Funny Girls. Took us to his restaurant. Wine oh. and Dan dined us on the restaurant at the time. I don't want to get too much of this business because the shit starts to get shaky. Shout out to Esther and Nicole. Yes, and, and and they had to tell me that the guy like was my Funny Girls. Esther and Nicole. Um, Stephanie, Khalees. Khalees! Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Scout. And heaven forbid if I'm leaving somebody out. Mm-hmm. But you know, hey, I, we didn't know all the Jacksons. But. I only know Tito and Jermaine. Oh my God. Have you seen Tito's hair? <laughs> Is Jesus. it Tito? Or no, it's Jermaine. No, it's Jermaine. The one, it's like a Ken doll? Like where it looks like it's like he, it's like Honey, plastic. It looked like he walked into Meineke and said, give me all the oil you yeah. got left over from yesterday and shape it up into bangs. <laughs> I have never seen his hairline starts at the, the gum of his teeth. I was like, you, it's too much for you. Why is your hair looking like that? And do you not own any mirrors? Because I feel like you, pay, now he might be LeVar Burton too. He might be the blind nigga up in space. Because I'm like, why is so much great? I mean, just have you seen it i've seen it and they be letting him go to bet awards and stuff you know the whole but his face also looks like it was constructed like yes pudding he looked like nipsey russell and um when he was singing slides them all to me (laughs) okay in the whiz remember when he was a teeny teeny when he he first came out the wall and he needed a makeover. That's the, he was he was uh, pre makeover Nipsey Russell and the Wiz, and you know they had the mama fucked up too, because the mama was at some award show. What's her name? Catherine. Catherine Jackson. She was sitting next to Reby. I think it was Reby. It wasn't Janet. 
and they put her in this wig, and I was like, "Why the hell would y'all put her in this wig? She's she's the mother of the Jacksons." I have wigs that I'm still angry about. Honey, the wig looked like they had the part wrong. They didn't. They didn't do the. You know, you got to do the little picking. You got to do the. Um, well, you got to bring tweezer. out the baby hairs too. You know, you got to like let that shit lay down. But you could see the line, honey. I saw the tag. Looked like they just popped it out of the bag, and I they didn't even take the tag the off. Tag. The tag was in there. The tag, and it, you know how they named the wigs. It was called Brenda. But back to back to this guy. So he wanted dines. Okay. He he wants to walk me to my hotel. Now I'm staying a couple blocks from where his um his restaurant is. So this is back at the upfronts. This, this is four years, years four ago. Years later. This is four years ago. This, this is four right, years ago. Okay. So we did upfronts. Right after upfronts, he invited us to his restaurant. After that, he wants to walk. Made everything hotel. on the menu, wine and dine, the whole thing. All we had to do was tip out the people. He covered the bill, the whole thing. He walks me to the hotel. We making out in like in the lobby of Sofitel. Making out, you hear me? Mm-hmm. Looking real awkward because you know people like is she a prostitute? She not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tonguing this white guy down, and so I was like, "You want to go upstairs?" And he says to me, "I would love to, but I'm married." You know when they do that? Here's here, let me let me give you the plate, and let me see if you are gonna take it home, right? So I was like, "Well, you can't come upstairs." Bye. <laughs> why were we even kissing, honey? Why were we why were you kissing? even feeding me? There was a lot of things I should have known when when he brought us back into the kitchen and the crew was looking around like which bitch is it? I should have known then. I felt like it was a lot of vapors going on by that stove. Ooh. So I left him alone. Left him alone. Long story short, maybe about about four years, right? Of like maybe a here message, there a message, nothing deep because he's married. I'm not even fucking yeah, whatever. I'm done with that. that. He reaches out to me last year. I'm divorced. Oh, better yet, better yet is this. Oh, I see you've been in LA a couple of times and you haven't hit me up because I was in LA a bunch last year. I said, "Oh, I didn't like." I'm thinking like, "Oh, I didn't even know." Why would I be hitting you? hitting you up to hit you up for what? I'm not who I'm hitting you up for. for. So your you, wife can answer your phone, right? Why am, I, why am I hitting you? I said I didn't know that he's you know. So then, and he also had lost like a bunch of weight, a bunch of weight. I knew you. It was a new, but I like to fat him. Okay. You know, I like a, I like a, you know, I like a big nigga, you know. A lot of shit going on. You know, I like to play hide and seek and search around. I hate her you know? a lot. I hate her a lot. You know, you dig in and you go, what's behind door number three? Right? Every time you fuck a fat nigga, it's like, let's make a deal. <laughs> Is your balls behind door number two or your dick behind door number three? I like skinny niggas. I don't know. Skinny niggas. I, I, like I don't. If I can click. wrap my arms around you, it's a problem. I like a toothpick click because you know their dick is going to be just... A monument. I heard the big dicks is on the little people. No, the big dicks is on the skinny niggas. It's the little ones too. It's got to be little and skinny. Because I, 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 I recently, prior to my relationship, I uh-huh. saw a little person. He wasn't a little person. I, he was yeah, because yeah, this is the story I need. Fuck the Star Wars and shit. I want to hear how this happened. How what happened? You saw this little penis. Well, because this little it, person's penis. It wasn't, he was wasn't a little person, but he was a short dude. What's short? Uh like five seven. Oh, your standards is real low with a little person. <laughs> five seven. He was talented. Like as a human. When you say talented is the first thing after he was five seven, then I know the penis is small. I'm talking about no, the little ones. No, we didn't smash. Ones. We didn't smash. I'm just saying that, oh, you're talking about little, the, like, I'm talking okay. about the TLC people. The little TLC Not shows. Not just short niggas. Right, the, yeah. You're talking about like they little got people. They, right. When somebody see them, a casting director. Well, like, you're talking about you Tyrion Lannister. Show? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay. That's another show I ain't never watched. But there's a, there's, there's a little, there's a dwarf on Game of Thrones uh-huh. who, like, is fucking the world. And they're always like, oh, we thought your dick would be small since you're small. And he's like, that's the only but regular size shit. But dwarf is different than um, the little, little people because I think dwarfism. No, it's the same. Yeah, but some of them, some of them look like Benjamin Button, right? Well, I mean, I'm, this there's is, different, we're going to definitely get a lot of letters. I'm ignorant of what's going on here. There's different, like. <laughs> right, but dwarf, dwarfism. Is a thing. It's like a. It's a thing, right? And being a little person, you can be a little person that's a dwarf. It doesn't mean. Okay, you can be a big dwarf. Well, I'm just saying, like dwarfism. It's one of the types of little people. Because I that's think it has to do with like the 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 way that it's affected your. The, I'm not even gonna go. I don't even know. There, there you, you go. go. I don't know. And now I got to find out because I'm trying to see. I seen, but maybe he wasn't a dwarf. Maybe he was just a little person. 
Because he had a decent sized penis. I was like, oh, this could be on a regular nigga, but it's on you. Like it was a kickstand. I feel like big dudes don't be having. No, big. Well, fat dudes for sure, because you got to dig in there and find it. Yeah, and that just messes up the visual. Every day is a trick, trick or treat. <laughs> Ding dong. Oh, candy corn again. But I actually love candy corn, but not I, candy I corn hate penises. It. You what? Why? I love candy corn, but you hate white penises. No, no, I said, oh. but not candy corn penises. Is candy corn s- penis? Well, you just said it's the size of a candy corn. I have never. Um, I've actually never engaged in a white penis. Okay, so let me tell you how it went down. Because we let's just skip ahead to where we started getting down. Now, after four years of a buildup, right? You, I guess I should have thought about what I thought the penis was, right? I guess I should have thought. Because I got wrapped up into, oh, he's cute. Oh, he got the swaggy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, I will say this. It was a shock. It was a shock. Um, just because, you a know. A good some, shock or a bad Well, because you got to get into the color zone, right? Because, yeah, the you know, pinky. I can't do, yeah, I can't do the lava lamp penis. We're so used to checking our meat and making sure that the meat is done. Mm. That we don't really fuck with no pink meat, you know. Well, we're you used that, to like a burnt sienna. Yeah, yeah. you know. I also want umber. like the the rings around the collar. I, yep, you know what I mean. I like a ring around the collar. Uh, what's going on? You. This is all like one. one it was just th- one. So Rebecca looks confused. So black dicks usually mm-hmm. have two shades. Yeah. A lot of other people also have two shades. Because of really? the because of the circumcision. White dudes also have two shades. They do. Yeah. Well, you might be but one of two shades white dudes. Pink. <laughs> they got two. Yeah. Di- pink, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, this was all. This was. Well, both of them have all been one shade. I mean, Rebecca, you might want to look into the ones you're dealing with. Huh? Well, I, one of them had to be because if he wasn't, there wasn't nothing. There was, you know, it was like, hello, is anybody home? Oh, my gosh. I mean, the, the second one, his penis was so small. It was like, you remember when uh, Samoa did this joke where she said, you knew this dick was on the phone? <laughs> you knew this dick was on the phone you because you talking to me like you're what is, talking what is the etiquette because i was talking to a girlfriend of mine i said he should have told me this well, was the situation i have a bit about that right now that i've been working on okay let me because hear, i because, because well I because wanna... i because the reality is it's like you have to know your situation I don't think that you have to. I don't think you have to promote like I have a, a small, small penis, penis, but you do have to promote that I am very adept at eating pussy. Like you have to know that you are, you know, like for instance, like I know that I don't got titties like that. So there's mm-hmm. not going to be any motorboating here, okay? Like you're gonna break your titties nose on my sternum. And things you can see the dick. You cannot see, like, you know, and everybody got their little theories. Oh, the defeat. Oh, the hands. Oh, you no, know. I really know a dick when I see it. I know a big dick. I'm, I have not been wrong yet. Okay, well, I need you to walk with me to the Glen Oaks Mall, and we need to find... It's about need, the hands. I'm telling you. The hands and the thumb. What about the thumb? Because both these niggas had thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the length of the fingers. It's about the size of the hand, the length of the thumb. I'm telling you, this has never failed me once. Trust me. Okay, so I'm going to need a diagram before I leave. Exactly. So I, I'm just going to have... I want you to draw a diagram of what the hands should look like. I'm usually just going to put the paper Well, usually slender fingers uh-huh. on a on a wide palm. Yeah. You're going to get a solid size dick. And that usually means that they're creative too. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Now, if you see... Um, now, if you see somewhat slender, not all the way slender. Okay. And on a medium-sized hand... That means you're probably just going to get a solid size dick. It ain't going to be too big. It ain't going to be too small. It's going to be just right. The kind of dick you could fuck like four times in one night and it ain't going to stretch you out. Right. But the telltale Mm -hmm. is when the hands are are not in proportion with the the person's body. So a lot of like you know Donald Trump got a little ass dick because his hands are so fucking small compared to the size of his body. I talked to a dude who was six five and his hand he could not palm a basketball, and I was like, oh, I already know what's happening. And sure enough, voila, swaying okay. So usually, and I've literally never seen this wrong. So it could be a skinny short nigga. If they if they got big hands, they gonna have a big dick. I promise you. I haven't been wrong yet. I see you tucking your hands away. Um. So, <laughs> you, oh, yeah, that's right. You show them with confidence. You know, we, I we, all, had, we all had to look at your hands real quick. Cause because I of the Me Too movement, you know, yeah. and the realities of HR. We're not going to get into that yeah, with my engineer. With some good hands. But, 
Oh, is it HR thing? I'm sorry. I don't. I didn't sign no paperwork. She didn't give me no release. But to come you see, in, the, so. but it's true. What? I'm telling you, I could have looked at both of these. If you had shown me their Instagrams, I could have told you. Don't even waste your time if that's what you're looking for. The one guy, I, I, I said, you got to, you got to have like you when you start having sex with a woman for the first time, you got to have a gift basket as small as your dick is. Like, but you got to have a conversation. Like, you can't just like I tell niggas. I say, listen. Let me just tell you something, because a lot of guys into my shape, right? They love they 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 get the whole feeling like the breast, the ass. I said, yeah, but I need this. To- this is a great yeah. package, but I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a big girl, so you gonna have to pop the hood up in the front. You, you know, know what, what I'm saying? Like, okay, now this episode is about self worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's my worth. This gut is about a good twenty thirty dollars and about forty miles. But I'm telling you right now. I tell people so. Let so now that we got this other way, because your your audience will be like, I don't know what the bitch was on. The bottom line is, I was with two men that were on 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 paper, right? If you just look at what they done and da da da, da it's great. But when you when you start to peel back the layers of who they are, like morally as people, um, how they handle certain missteps and things like that. Yeah, I'm. Find I'm dealing with two men who have either tried and failed or are trying to rebuild. And in the process, I got my shit together more than they have their shit together. But yet they look like their shit is because people think right. that having your shit together means like money or businesses or whatever, whatever. But it's like if you as a human are not in alignment, none of that shit. Well, the thing I, I, I caution women, and I say women because I'm a woman. I can't really speak for a man. Right. But maybe men can take some, uh, uh, glean something from what I'm saying, is that as a woman, if you if you are worthy as a woman, right? If you are, um, let, me, let me rephrase that. Not worthy, because everybody's worthy. If you know yourself, If you know your worth. Like, I look at myself, I look at my life. We just talked about, like, every day I'm quitting the business, right? Because I'm just tired. I'm just tired. But when I look at myself, and I, when I look at my accomplishments, what I got going on, I'm traveling here, there. I'm I'm in L.A. Uh, as much as I'm in New York. I'm I'm taping this. I'm doing this. I'm here. You're I'm on the, the road. Band. I'm I'm doing all these things, and I will come back home to a nigga that will sit there and act like he can do with or without me. Do you understand what I'm saying, girl? And I'm like, and then because of that, you get into this whip wet where you're like, oh well, let me. You know, I know I'm doing a lot of magnificent things. He's not really doing stuff like that. Let me just kind of like let him have, you know, let him give. That dance is dangerous. Why did I tell you? I said, this is what we, we, this is what we have to talk about. People knowing their worth because both of these guys, small dicks are smaller than I'm used to. You know, um, my pussy comes in like a wrecking ball. You understand what I'm saying? And you got to be able to come in there and grab what you can grab. It's like uh, when you go in that little that vault where they have all the dollars flying up and you got to catch, try to get all the dollars. You got to really walk into my pussy and grab. You know what I mean? And then step out. And then hope you come out with at least three, four hundred dollars. What the fuck are but- you talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> but Rebecca what? Get it. Are Rebecca gets it. You talking about <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you gotta get in there and grab. But if you don't have that Velcro suit on to pin them dollars to you, you're not gonna get nothing out the deal. Or I'm not. I've been told to have a deep vagina. Well, you definitely couldn't have dealt with them. No, Cause, cause I've, just, I've had a small dick nigga, and it was like you have a good personality, but I don't feel you. Let me tell you something. They literally put, they put my vagina address into their GPS. And, and the not. second they put it in there, it says you've arrived. Now I'm telling you, they didn't have enough penis to go nowhere. But they definitely felt like though. Because I, f- women, we do, do listen, tell it, say it, do it. Let me say, it. but the, I, I'm trying not to unleash too much because I'm also working on my bits, and my bits have been. Now I have been doing the last month because I'm dealing with the feeling of both of these guys and how how they came from the chasing position. And, and trying to conquer me, to conquering me, to then trying to act like I I, I should be glad I'm in their presence. Not not if you got a little dick and you trying to get your shit together. I definitely feel, though, that there's always got to be a certain element of, like, don't get it twisted, baby. I don't need you. I want you. You know? And that's, that's the thing. I, that's the thing. 
I, if I want, and that's the thing, I don't need none of these niggas. And I think some, but I think you praise them so much that they think that it's need. And it's like I just praise you because I fucking like you. I love you. You're around me, but don't ever get it twisted. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. I can say that, but, but you, you know, don't mean it. So, no, I mean, I mean, but sometimes you know, you just be like, damn, I miss that nigga. You know, it's like it but gets into fair. a lot of where you like your mind is telling you a whole bunch of shit, and your girls can be telling you a whole bunch of stuff, and you like, I'm not going to deal with this. But then you go, oh, I mean, I really do you just miss him, him or do you miss the the companionship? Maybe it is the companionship. Maybe, Maybe like that's a lot of times what it is. Because if you sat there and thought about it, you're like, do I really miss this little dick asshole? No. no. But I miss having the energy of someone here because it makes me yes. feel wanted. It makes me feel desired. And that's part of self-worth. Part of your worth, you know, a lot of times comes into other people liking you, wanting you. And the best liberation is when you can really, truly, truly be like, you know what? I miss that right now. Mm-hmm. But I know I don't need it. I don't need it. I, but but being honest with yourself about like I want to be desired. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a false thing that people put out there that's like no, you don't need no man. It's like okay, right, yes, right, right, right. But it is nice to, to have somebody value you, to yes. see your worth, and to be honest with you, I want to have I want somebody to want me that I want as well, right? You kind of get into this like, Here's the thing. I'm at this place where I said to myself, I gotta, because I grew up in the church, you know, I yeah. grew up with be humble, and I believe in being humble, and, uh, you know, I think humility is very important. Um, treat others, you know, kind, think of others before yourself, that whole selfless love, self-love, you know, giving to others. And then I'm like, but I've got to find a good balance. And that's where I'm at. I'm at a good balance because I'm feeling myself in a crazy ass way when it comes to Negroes uh, and vanilla wafers. What we call right. them? Nella wafers. Nella, Nella, Nella niggas. And you have to get your shit together. Cause I've told, I have told a nigga just recently. He said, Oh, I know you want, you want to deal with me. You want me back in your world. Cause you're fiending. You're fiending for me. I said, what could I be fiending for? Because the last time I fucked with you, I had to blow on your dick to get it to come out. <laughs> like, you got a peekaboo dick, you know. It's in there on all kinds of sweaters. Deli meat is happening. There's, there's a cottage cheese factory, whatever the fuck is going on. Like, no, no, no. Any nigga I got to wash is too much. I got, if Wait, you got, what? Yeah, to wash a nigga. You got to wash. He didn't have... Hygiene? He had hygiene, but it was a it was nigga hygiene. I can't even say that because I feel like I've never dealt with a dirty nigga. Oh no no no! Let's let's clear this up. Let's clear this up. I didn't fuck with him dirty. I know. I'm just saying. When you when he came to you, it was like not everything is. It was like weird. white people before meeting the Moors. Ooh, I feel like this is another the Moors game of Thrones. Taught. Is this a Game of Thrones thing? No, that's history. I mean, I know it's history, but is it a Game of Thrones? No, it's history. No, I know it's history, but is is it the Game of Thrones? No, it's history, girl. What I know it's history, about? but it's also not Game of Thrones. No, why you keep saying Game of Thrones? It's the history of the world. I know it's the history of the world, but wasn't the Game of Thrones history? No. Oh, I never watched Game of Thrones. No, so I, I, like, I thought it was a history show. No. What is Game of Thrones? Why are there all these period pieces and shit? It's not a history show. Um, no. Okay. Who it's completely fan? fantasy. What, how come they couldn't have no more niggas in there? I didn't see no black people in the credits. Hence. My my thing with Game of Thrones is they're doing so much fuck shit, we don't even belong there. So it's fine. Let oh, is them, it like that? Let them run amok and do the foolery. Okay. This was a particular brand of white people that was just ruthless. And so do your thing. But let's just say lightly salted peanuts. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. And because okay. when okay. I let me tell you something about my factory, my my shop. Okay. When you come to me, there's an experience. My body is clean. Understand? It smells right. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderland. Ooh. 
why why are you not coming to me with perfumed balls and dunking that like you're just doing the bare minimum but you think i'm fiending for you now before i sort of get my shit together and saying you know what y'all fuck that you ain't gonna have no nigga talk to you crazy like that exactly i would be like oh no you know like i'd be trying whatever i could not to hurt his feelings right. by saying anything but crazy. we're taught that yeah, because the minute you, especially as a black woman, like, oh, and see, this is why nobody fuck with y'all because y'all, did, uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something. I was just talking to a friend of mine earlier today, and we were talking about a situation that had happened. And they were like, oh, well, you should have given a little bit of pause with this. You can pause. I said, well, why should I give pause in this situation? I was completely... I was completely disrespected in this situation, completely say it was out of pocket. And I, and I had already gone to bandwidth of like my tolerance, like people were capping my tolerance. Right. And I'm still having to be gracious and nice and considerate throughout the situation. He goes, yeah, but you know, it's just the appearance of how, whatever you say, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm the nicest, sweetest person, most considerate person that there is, but shit, people have, they tolerate and people need shit to get shit done. Right. I said, the, the problem is you're telling me that because I am a big black woman and I have to always guard myself because I can guarantee you right now, if I was a small white bitch, no disrespect, Rebecca, if I was a small white bitch, <laughs> Rebecca said, no, not taken, not taken, not taken. No one would say anything. Of course not. Because then you would be asserting yourself. Right. Right. We was talking. Y'all, we were so talking that we got to just keep the talking going. Part two, coming at you next week. A podcast network.